0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the show. Sorry, it's a couple of days late this week. Had some issues going on in my life, and it just took away time to be able to do this. But anyway, we're going to look back at the championship weekend at Phoenix. Talk about a few announcements that announcements that was made throughout the weekend, and uh, also we're gonna I'm going to list my three things that I want NASCAR to work on for the 2023 season. But to start off the show. Um, We're going to talk about the Xfinity Series mainly. We're not going to go in depth, really. Ty Gibbs dominated the race. He by far had the best car. And Noah got close late, but ran out of time. And if he would got there, he probably would have moved him out of the way, from what I take from listening to his interviews. But Ty went out there drove a great race after having a week of just, I imagine, not... Fun. It was not a fun week for Ty leading up to Phoenix, I'm sure, with everything going on after Martinsville. But really none of that matters now because, as uh, most of you know, or if you pay attention to that scar at all, anybody, everybody knows, that it was announced Sunday morning that just hours after winning the championship, his father and co-owner of the Joe Gibbs Racing Team passed away in his sleep. And for Ty to have to go through this, within hours of having probably the biggest moment in his life. Definitely the biggest moment of his career. I just can't imagine what he's going through. And it's nearly it's been four days now since, four to five days since it happened. And I hope every fan that follows NASCAR has been giving him crap. And I gave him you know, I went off about the Martinsville thing last week on the show and I feel like most people that did was rightfully in that but for now we need to lay off the kid. He just lost one of the most important people in his life. Now's not the time to ridicule the kid. Everybody needs to show support to him and pray for him and his family and just keep them in your thoughts and it's got to be rough having went through that within hours, just that a roller coaster of emotions. I mean it's unimaginable how he feels right now, and just the fact that you were standing on the front straightaway taking a picture with your dad and mom within probably eight hours of when he would pass is just incredible, so everybody just needs to keep their thoughts and prayers for Ty and just don't bash the kid right now, he don't deserve that, he is going through something that is one of the toughest things in life, so... And also on that thing, keep Joe Gibbs and his wife in your prayers because now he has lost both of his sons within a four-year stretch. And both of them at the age of 49, That is got to be really tough on them. I don't have a kid, but I can only imagine a parent's worst nightmare would be to lose a kid. And even though they weren't kids, they're still his kids, and they wasn't even 50 years old. And this, at least with JD, as bad as, at least they had time to wrap their minds around it that it might be coming because he was sick and had been dealing with the illness for some time. But this is just like a snap of your fingers. He went from being perfectly healthy, it seemed, to just gone. So everybody just keep the whole Gibbs organization, family, Joe, his wife, Ty, and all of the Ty's siblings. He's got three younger siblings, I think, or four. So keep all them and his mom and your thoughts and prayers and we all need to take it easy on Ty for the time being hope they heal and take time to be ready for next year but racing is not even on the radar as far as what they're worried about right now so everybody just needs to remember that from now and don't bash Ty in my opinion because they don't deserve it right now so let's go back to Friday night with the Truck Series race. It was a probably the best race of the weekend, to be honest with you. The finish was exciting. Zane Smith with Front Row Motorsports was able to win a championship, their first ever championship. And between what they did in the Truck Series and what McDowell did in the Cup Series, Front Row has got to be over the moon about their 2022 season. And Zane was able to overcome a couple of bad pit stops and still be able to get it done, and he outlasted the defending series champion to be able to get the title. So that's good for that team. Happy for him. And he's been close the last couple of years. And I don't know why he's not moving on up to the ranks full speed. He definitely seems like he could be a future star of the sport. But it looks like he's going to be back full-time next year with front Road to chase another truck championship. But he is going to make select truck series start, cup series starts next year including attempting to make the Daytona 500 so hopefully that'll go well for him. And the truck series, I hope next year we see less just chaos. Cuz them young guys have zero respect for nobody. They wreck each other all the time. I mean, it's just that's you're you're in that spot, I want it. You're in the fence. I mean, that's not racing. They got a clean that up because the series at some points this year looked kind of like a joke to be honest with you but anyway let's move on to sunday and as we touched on earlier it was very it just took the wind out of your sails after hearing about Coy passing away it just didn't feel like a championship sunday no more to me and i'm sure a bunch of people felt like that especially the ones at the track that knew him and you could see Drivers like Kyle Bush and Denny Hamlin and Christopher Bell getting emotional during the ra- pre race. Kyle Bush was already going to be emotional because that team has been part of his basically been like family to him for 15 years and it was going to be his last start for the team. But he wound up being the best finishing Gibbs car on Sunday, which is one positive. But overall, Gibbs was not in good shape Sunday, and I don't think you can blame that on koi passing because the cars were already what they were going to be before that happened and the drivers you know they all wanted to go out and win that race you know they had to in honor of koi so but they just missed it and they did that a lot this year they would be toyota and gibbs it would be mainly bell and hamlin would hit streaks of being really good and then they'd just be kind of so-so and kyle bush and truex struggled all year they had moments where they could have won and situations kept it from happening but it just never really came together for toyota this year as a whole moving on to the championship four we had joy logano ross Chastain, christopher Bell, and chase elliott joy logano showed up ready to roll he showed how big of an advantage sometimes winning that first race in the round of eight can be they had two weeks to sit there and work on that car and it showed and ryan blaney if ryan blaney would have made it to the final four those last few laps would have been crazy because I believe he took it easy because of Logano battling for a championship but if Blaney would have been in the final four we would have had a showdown I believe in the final few laps but that wasn't the case Then one of them two was going to win the race it was no doubt all day unless something crazy happened with strategy but Ross Chastain did try to make it a little interesting late after making contact with Chase Elliott earlier in the final stage and I'm going to blame Elliott on that I'm going to give 50% of the blame to Elliott, and then I'm just going to give the 50, other 50% to just a racing deal. I don't think Ross did nothing wrong when that happened. People want to say that they took calls to chase the championship. I'm sorry Hendrick really didn't show up either Sunday. Larson ran in the top five most of the race until they lost some track position on a restart. But then he couldn't pass nobody. Hendrick was just off. So I don't... I hate to say, it may have cost him finishing third in the standings instead of fourth. But... I don't believe Chase was going to even contend with the Penske cars. They just wasn't fast, and that was pretty much a trend. They had the whole 10 races of the playoffs. They were not even average during the playoffs, let's be honest. They struggled, and it was shocking considering what kind of role they were from July through the beginning of the playoffs. And you take away the win at Talladega, and they did nothing during the playoffs. And everybody knows Talladega has has nothing to do as far as what makes you be good at other tracks. So that's a – don't even apply to the rest of the playoffs. So the nine tracks where handling matters, the car, and the draft, they just struggled. I mean, it's just that simple. So I don't believe even if Ross and him didn't make contact, he wasn't going to battle a up for that championship. The only one that tried to make it interesting out of the four was Ross. He was gaining late in the race. I don't know how hard Joey was pushing. And even if he'd have got there, I don't know if he could have passed him without reckoning. Now, I'm not going to say Chastain wouldn't have. He's proven that he's willing to do anything. So, who knows. But for Chastain to finish second points in his first year in track house, where only track house the second season, it's incredible. And there's no telling what the future holds for track house. And it wasn't just for, I mean – Chastain this year, soil ran really good, and he would have been in the round of eight if it would have been for a power steering issue at the Roval. So, Chastain's finishes the last four races of the year: second, second, fifth, third. That's not too bad, guys. And uh, he did everything he could late. Like, they just couldn't quite find a win, and the Penske cars were just unbelievable Sunday. The two, the twelve, and the twenty-two. So, congratulations to Joey on winning his second championship. And obviously, if you paid attention, I missed every prediction this weekend. Like I have most of them, I have put my best thought into my predictions, and it's just they've been all wrong. So, don't listen to me for fantasy advice, evidently, going into next year. But uh, congratulations to Joey for winning the championship in the Cup series. Congratulations to tie on winning the championship in the Xfinity series and continue to keep your thought keep him and your fam him and his family in your thoughts and prayers. And congrats to Zane Smith on winning the Truck Series Championship. Now moving on, there were several announcements going into the weekend. I'm gonna start out with the Jimmy Johnson news. They actually kept this one a good secret up till the day before. Jimmy is gonna be a minority owner in Petty GMS and gonna attempt to run select cup races next year the first one that we know about he will attempt to qualify for the daytona 500 i did not see this coming but i i hope it goes well because i really don't want to see him come out there and run 30th 20th or 30th and let's just be real honest the last three years of his career full-time in the cup series he went winless he really wasn't in he That competitive, he didn't make the playoffs the last two years, and he just did not look like Jimmy. And it was honestly kind of sad to see, but hope maybe with this new car, it'll fit his driving style and he can be competitive. The one thing I really do like about it is that his diehard fans that loved and followed Jimmy from 2002 through 2020 will get a chance to see him in person one more time. Because in 2020, with COVID, there was a bunch of fans that did that was. You know, We're hoping to be able to see their favorite driver race in person one more time and lost that opportunity because of COVID. So I love this for his fans, and that may be part of the reason he's doing it. I don't know. But I am looking forward to see how he does. And I'm curious to see just how much of a role he truly has within that organization. And uh, as far as ownership, how much control he has, just to see where all that leads to. And if you look at this year, they definitely stepped it up. Eric Jones was competitive all the time. He rarely went more than two or three races without running in the top ten. They just got to get it more consistent to where when they run, when they're not in the top ten, it's 15th instead of 20th. You know, they got to work on that. Won the Southern 500, which is a huge deal. It was the first race since 1999 that the 43 car won that wasn't rain-shortened. That is a big deal for that team and huge for Eric Jones. And I hope they continue it. And Noah is going to have a tough road, I believe, in his first full-time season. I think he'll do better than Ty did this year, to be honest with you. Ty, in my opinion, hurt his career this year. I know he got a with Spire, but I believe this was probably Ty's last chance with a decent team, with a decent equipment. And I believe Noah will outrun what Ty Dillon did this year. And Jimmy's presence may help the team get even higher, may even bring some more sponsorship dollars into the team to help them out in that way too. So I'm interested to see where that team's headed next year. All right, now an announcement for the truck series. Kyle Busch announced officially that they are going to keep the team going. They're going to swap the Chevrolet, which we all knew was coming. He wasn't going to be driving for Chevy and keep it a Toyota ownership. And they hired Chase Purdy to drive full-time in one of their trucks. And I'm a little iffy on if this is the right move. I hope it works out because Chase Purdy went to high school about 30 minutes from where I live. So that's really cool. I hope he does good. He hasn't really shown that much this year driving what in a team that ain't been three or four years removed from winning a championship. But hopefully everything will work out. And But he's got to show that he can do it this year because this is his chance if he does not run well in a kyle Busch truck he is not gonna make it much longer in the truck series because that is top of the line equipment i don't care if they are swapping from one manufacturer to another if he's not running in the top five and top 10 consistently and doesn't get a win or two it's not gonna be good for his career more than likely and in the second truck they're only gonna have two trucks this year coming here is going to be jack wood for a minimum of 10 races kyle's going to run his five races that he's allowed in that truck and then they're talking about there might be several other cup drivers running races in that truck but uh and apparently there's been drivers calling wanting specific races but i'd be willing to bet one race they won't get kyle bush i guarantee you is in that truck at north Wilkesboro the day before the all-star race so that's kyle bush motorsports they got all that under control and uh they're looking forward to the Next chapter, and another announcement that actually came out yesterday is that Brian Paddy is going to be the crew chief for Chase Purdy on his truck, leaving JTG Doherty Racing and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I think that is an awesome move for KBM. He is going to have that truck fast. They will be competitive, and it's probably a good move for him. He's been a full-time Cup crew chief for 14 years, and the schedule is absolutely horrendous for them guys it's tough and i imagine one of the reasons he wanted to do it was just to be able to stay at home more because you're looking at probably i think 14 less weekends that you're on the road so that's probably one reason that he did it and he still but he still wanted to stay in the sport which is awesome to see that he wanted to stay but it's really good for kbm and the most swapping the chevy brian patty's been with the chevy for years now and uh i think that'll work out well and replacing him is Mike Kelly, who was Stenhouse's crew chief when he won his championships in the Xfinity Series. So that looks like it could wind up being a real positive thing for JTG Doherty. Hopefully, it'll work out, and Ricky can run a little better because this year he is. Uh, they had they struggled, just to be honest. Ricky made a lot of mistakes. Ricky is, I don't know how good his sponsorship deals are. But Ricky's got to stop tearing up equipment because eventually they're going to have to go somewhere else that will at least finish the races with those cars. Because he tears up way too much equipment, guys, in my opinion. And that sucks. I've always kind of liked Ricky and because he's not, he's from Mount Olive, Mississippi. That ain't but two or three hours from where I'm from. So I always kind of pull for guys that are close to him. I want to see them succeed. But he has just struggled for some reason. And, uh, it's unfortunate, but hopefully that can figure something out and uh start having a little bit more success. And now we're going to move on to I said I was going to say name three things that I'd like to see them change and that's what we're going to do now. Not necessarily change, but work on for next year and I think they're already working on some of that stuff. Number 3 It's important, but it's not as important as the other two. Please get more consistent with your officiating. Please. It is... (coughs) Excuse me, guys. It is bad at how many calls that we had this year that were just... Gave the sport a bad look. You have the Daytona July race where you can see the rain in videos from the fans on the front straightaway. You can see the rain coming through turn off of turns one and two. And you can't I've been to Daytona four times. When the rain is coming at them places and you're in them stands, you can see it coming. NASCAR can see that rain coming. Why in the world they pushed it that close? I don't know. There's no excuse for that. You wad it up over half the field. And let's be honest, a guy wound up getting in the playoffs because of it that didn't deserve to be there in Austin Dillon. No offense to him, but he did not deserve to be there. We all know it. And I don't know how long Richard's gonna keep paying for him to drive that car. But Tyler Reddick put him, that made, him made him look terrible this year. And Kyle Bush, I believe, is gonna do the same thing next year when he gets in the A car. But that's one example. Then you got the issue like with Hamlin and Byron at Texas. If you miss a car, I don't know how nor do you miss it. We got a million cameras. You got onboard cameras in every single car at Texas. And literally your social media team posts the video of it before they even go back green. How do you claim you missed that? You can't then go back and try to do it during the middle of the week, and that's why the penalty went up getting overturned. That was just a whole bad look. Changed the outlook on the playoffs in the long run. Had guys racing different at Talladega because of it. You just cannot do stuff like that. They've got to clean that up. Um, Be more consistent of when you throw cautions, please. Sometimes we throw it if there's a hood laying on the track. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we throw it and throw the yellow if somebody hits the wall head-on and turns one and two. Sometimes we don't. Can we please get more consistent with these cautions? It's getting old that we are that inconsistent. It's not that hard. If you see somebody wreck on the last lap, either throw it or don't. Make up your mind. And I'm all, and in all honesty, I like to see green flap finishes. But if there's a chance a driver could be hurt, we can throw the caution every time. It really won't hurt my feelings. That's the way it was 20 years ago. A caution came out on the last lap. It is what it is. Freeze the field. The race is over. It's okay. People, maybe I said we don't finish on the green, but the driver's safety is more important than that. And plus, the consistency of it is important. I mean, it is pitiful at when and when we don't throw cautions. Just my opinion, but I think they really need to get better with that. And also, we've got to figure out a way to stop these back markers from taking the chews. And then right before they get to the line to start the restart the race, they just fall out of line and that changes the whole running order. That is not fair to the guys that are trying to race either park them for three weeks. If we're willing to spend a crew chief for leaving a lug nut off that he has nothing to do with and he is obviously not telling them to leave it off, if we're going to spend him for four weeks, we ought to be able to spend a driver three to four weeks for taking the chews and then just backing off because that is affecting the race. It's affecting the guys that are trying to do their best to run up front. If you're going to sit there and r- pull out of the way and run behind the pack the whole race because you know you're just in the way, Don't get up there and choose and affect the people that are trying to battle and do their best to finish as high as possible in these races. Just things like that. It's officiating overall. We've got to get this better. And change. Speaking of that, change this. We need to change that suspension rule on the crew chiefs. A crew chief does not deserve to be suspended four races for a lug nut coming off. He's not telling these guys to do it. He's not even the one that coaches the pit crews. They have a pit crew coach. They need to look at that. Just officiating overall needs to have a hard look and fix some issues, in my opinion. Number two, can we please do something with the gear package on these cars where we're not shifting at Martinsville, or Homestead, or any oval? Every now and then, you show those cars. You shift the no That's okay. We shouldn't be shifting to Martinsville, guys, and in my opinion, that's part of the reason the race was lackluster, both times. The second race was better, but the first race was a joke, and we've got to get better at that. That is uh, something that should be at the top of the priority list. We've got to figure out how to make the short track racing better, and I believe that automatically would make it better, because I believe when you're down shit, if you get loose, and you have to get out of the gas line You can down when you downshift. That hides that because you're able to just slow the car, get back in the throttle, and get the RPMs back up and get off the corner. And I think that hurts the short track racing, especially at Martinsville. And I don't know what they need to do to these cars for the road courses, but they definitely got to work on that. And I think they're going to t- going to be working on that, and that's a really good thing. I hope they can figure something out that will work and make the road course racing better too. And number one on my list, safety. Can we please figure out how to keep these cars from catching on fire? It happened again Sunday with Brad Keselowski. We've got to fix these cars where they don't randomly catch on fire because of rubber buildup. We have ran for next year will be 75 years. The last 30 of them, I haven't. I've been watching NASCAR since 2002. little bit before then but 2002 when i was old enough to understand what was going on can we please stop letting cars catch on fire because this has never happened since i've been watching nascar because of rubber yeah there's been cars catching fire because the engines blowing oil lines coming loose yeah that's just stuff that's going to happen ever so often and it sucks and it's scary but that's kind of out of your control they can fix this because this has not been an ongoing issue where cars like kevin harvick it costs kevin harvick the playoffs let's just be honest and we've got to fix that the impacts i think they're working on that they've shown some evidence i hope they don't go too far though and then we have a car becoming a fireball because the fuel cell gets ruptured on the rear end they're making some changes where that back end gives some more hopefully it's not too much though where it puts drivers in danger in a different way um Just overall, we got to do some work on that car to make it safer. And I think they're going to be working on that. I hope they work really hard on that. That's even more important than the on-track product. We've got to get this car safer. Because I do not want to be hearing next year about three or four more drivers out with concussions or other injuries. It's just not a good look. And one last thing we're going to talk about. They also released yesterday the start times for next year. What is one thing that 90% of the fan base has complained about the last, I don't know, Five years, the races are starting too late because you don't give yourself as big of a window for weather and things like that. And there's been several races they'd start on like they used to at like one o'clock Eastern, 1.30 Eastern. They would have been able to get them in. Well, what does NASCAR and TV do? Let's make them later. They made races even later this year. Several of them are two and three hours later. The Chicago street course race ain't going to start at 4.30 Central Time. What are we doing? You are not listening to your fans. You claim to be. You're not listening to us. Number one, I don't give a crap about TV when it comes to time. If people want to watch NASCAR, guess what? They will watch NASCAR like I do. If you want to watch it, you will find time to watch it. You will either watch it live or you will DVR it and watch it that night like I have done multiple times when I was working shift work. You need to take care of the guys that are spending, guys and girls that are taking the time and money to go to these places in person. Yes, the ticket prices don't look that bad but you're spending, if you go for a whole weekend, you're spending at least four to $500 most of the time if you're staying anywhere decent that you ain't worried about cockroaches being in your mouth while you're sleeping on hotels or Airbnbs. When are we going to start worrying about the people that go to the track? Dale Jr. has even said this, and he works for NBC, guys. We've got to take care of the people that are spending their hard-earned money to go and travel to these races. Should, let's. Why are you going to schedule a race to start on a Sunday and then at 4.30? You're making it, and people will say, "On." there's some fans that say, we should take more time off. Not everybody has three to four weeks of vacation time they can just break up. And take any time they want to to be able to go to these events. They can, that's just like in 2020, I went to the Daytona 500, me and my wife did. We went down there, unfortunately, it rained. They tried and tried. And I really don't know, they might have gotten halfway if they'd have started it earlier. I'm not sure. But where my problem is, you're gonna reschedule. I had took off Monday for travel day. If they would have been able to schedule that race at 11 to 12, I could have stayed and watched it. The race that Newman wound up having his wrecking in. Which is used to every race that got pushed to Monday started at 12 Eastern or 11 a.m. Eastern. One of them two. Why in the world we stopped doing that? I don't know. They moved it to like 5 o'clock. Why in the world are we doing that? That is absolutely ridiculous. Stuff like that. And the Clash is late in the evening. Uh, Martinsville got moved from Saturday night for the spring, but they're going to start it at 3 o'clock local time. That is absolutely ridiculous for anybody attending that race. That just makes it harder and harder for somebody to attend these races. I know TV is important, but as a NASCAR fan who has been a loyal fan since 2002, like I said earlier, if you want to watch NASCAR, they will watch it. Just like the people that want to watch NFL on Sundays, make the time to watch NFL on Sundays. For the people that want to watch college football on Saturdays, they make the time to watch it on Saturdays. And NASCAR fans will do the same, or they will DVR it. Quit screwing over the fans that go there in person. It's ridiculous. It makes it harder on weather, because there are several races every year that would not be affected by weather if they started the races earlier. And it's going to happen this year. It will be within the first five weeks of the season. We will be complaining about this. And they're going to say, oops, I'm sorry. You knew that this has been a problem. It's been a known issue. But yet we just continue to do it and get lighter with them. Why? It is absolutely bull crap. And why NASCAR keeps saying they're listening to the fans and what they want? They're evidently not. Because all they're worried about is the TV dollar. This sport was started... By fans going to grandstands and watching these races, and it grew from there. Look at the late '90s, early 2000s. There were fans filling these tracks up, and I know the economy's hard and things like that. But you're making it tougher on people to do. You just keep. You don't make it easier on us at all with these start times. Why in the world also are you going to run the All Star race on Sunday night at eight o'clock? North Wilkesboro is a special place I wanted to go. I couldn't get through on the phone lines to get my tickets. Now I'm kind of glad I didn't go. If you're going to run a night race, run that thing on Saturday. You don't run it at 8 o'clock on a Sunday night. There's certain races where that's okay because it's been done traditionally a little bit. The Coke 600 and the Southern 500. That's it for Sunday night races. I don't care. You don't run races on Sunday night. Because with our sport, weather can ruin it. If you want a night race, you schedule it on Saturday night. And that way if it gets rain delayed, you can run it during the day on Sunday. It's that simple. I don't see what's so hard to figure out about that it's not like football football unless there's lightning in the area if it rains guess what you're still gonna get to watch the game it's gonna go on at the scheduled time but you're gonna plan on starting this race at eight o'clock if it rains you're threatening to push that race into 10 11 o'clock starting and or then into monday when you could have scheduled saturday night and if for some reason weather affects saturday night then you got all day sunday to try to get it in And then you're going to wind up losing all those TV numbers. By the way, Genius TV. You're going to lose TV numbers because of this if it gets pushed back to Monday. For what? Probably one of the most watched races in years. But you're going to schedule it on Sunday night like a bunch of idiots. I don't understand. It's frustrating. Hopefully one day they'll get the... um, tape out in front of their eyes or something so they can see what's going on and what's important to us because it is frustrating to say the least and while they just keep ignoring it I know the TV is important but good lord we got DVR you can record it a NASCAR fan is going to watch it Why we keep pursuing all these fake fans that don't care about NASCAR don't care about racing we keep pursuing all these people instead of taking care of the ones that are here I'm 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 done talking about that. Um I'm kind of glad this is the last episode talking about current issues. Mainly I mean we'll still talk about some breaking news stories coming up and uh other issues, but we're going to mainly focus on history-based topics the next several weeks. I may have my brother on here as a guest with one week doing some kind of trivia thing or just talking about uh what we enjoyed from this year or what we didn't enjoy but uh and there's going to be some weeks where we try to get two shows out hopefully that becomes a thing routinely um my work is probably going to slow down some the next few months with it being the rainy season um so i'll have a little bit more time on my hands so we're going to try to make some cool content for you guys i hope you enjoy it i hope you enjoy today's episode enjoy your off season we'll be back to racing before before you know it and if any of you guys are going to go to the Snowball here in a few weeks, um, I may do an episode covering that about some future stars. I'm possibly going to go down there. I haven't made up my mind yet because that is a really cool race that I've never been to and I want to experience it. But uh, anyway, guys, we'll see y'all next week. Have a good one.